Going like, oh, no. Is that your Canadian accent? Oh, no. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. This is the Creative of the Town Podcast, brought to you by us over at AtoZHorror.com. I'm Jack, and sitting across from me is Jake. Can you lower your fucking voice, Jack? <laughs> and sitting next to Jake is someone else who just wants to fucking believe it. It's Mark. Hey, guys. For those of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. And this week, we watched 20 <laughs> Grave Encounters. I don't actually know the name. <laughs> you the you nailed, no, you nailed it. You nailed it. Didn't it's write fine. it down. Uh, what year did Grave Encounters come out? I want to say 2011, know. wasn't it? Well, that's what okay. it says, yeah. but I we think Jax 20, was fine. We okay. watched 2011's Grave Encounters, which was a Jake pick, question mark. I'm not very prepared for this show. <laughs> yeah. Which was a Mark pick. Now, okay. he's not now, I'm, off, now I'm off. I'm out of your camp. You, see, you've, you lost me. <laughs> uh, and we will dive all the way into that real soon. And when we do, fair warning, we're going to spoil the absolute nonsense out of it. And in case you missed it through all my nonsense there, that is 2011's Grave Encounters picked by Mark. 20 Exactly. And like the last few episodes, there continue to be much more important things happening across this country as people fight to overcome systemic racial injustice plaguing our nation. Don't ignore that. It's too important. And don't put your head in the sand. Please donate if you can to a cause supporting the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, like we have been, we'll continue to link to blacklivesmatters.carrd.co, which I've found to be an excellent list of ways you can help um, by donations and other actions you can take beyond just donating. Uh, but hey, for the next little bit, Let's dive into a little escapism here and talk about some horror. So let's score. So for now, it's time to do the good jump part. So let's score. Let's do beers for fears. Hey, Mark. <laughs> hey, Jack. What are your beers for the 20 year uh, movie Grave Encounters? Exactly how many cylinders are you firing on right now? Almost none. <laughs> yes, yeah, zero Almost cylinders. None. I oh, am drinking probably the one that everyone would expect me to be drinking. This is a local Utah beer uh, made by Epic. <laughs> I'm, I'm drinking Chasing Ghosts. Sure are. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's yep, um, yep, yep. straight down the middle. And you get to do it with a local brewery, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> Lucky. I also went the local route because, especially here in Idaho, in Ada County in particular, we're taking a, we're taking a step backwards in terms of reopening. So the bar breweries are just getting absolutely fucked. So I'm back on the only local train. I'm drinking a beer by the Lost Grove Brewing Company. I'm drinking First Sight IPA because this is about a crew of uh, ghost hunters that always fakes their encounters with ghosts and for the first time actually sees some real ghosts. So dun, it's their dun, first dun. sight. Wow, spoilers. Oh, oh my god. Really laying the spoilers <laughs> on thick here. Okay. <laughs> Jake, how about you? What are your beers for these fears? I've been going pretty heavy with E9 since they've dropped in the market. They're all over the place right now in Boise. Out of Tacoma, I've done the I've done one of their beers before. They just they're one of those breweries that their beer names lend themselves well to application in our sense because they're just vague enough. That you can be like, yeah, that works. Uh, <laughs> one of the things that happens, really the turning point of the movie, is when this whole thing kind of turns into a wacky Twilight zone puzzle that they can't quite get out of. And they go about a hundred different ways through this asylum that they're in, trying to find a way out. This is 100 Ways IPA by E9. That's what I'm drinking this week. I have some local <laughs> stuff on the back burner here because, yeah, they're they're having a tough time here with this whole COVID resurgence. 
Yep, that's absolutely. what I'm doing. Jake, you held up your beer like we should be able to read it, but just for the record, we absolutely could not read it, so you looked stupid. Just want that on record. There, you there go. that's Much better. better. Thank you. That's still better. a podcast. It's spelled out. It's spelled out. Still, still a podcast. The, the visual, <laughs> the visual gag does not doesn't help at all. It's for you, and, buddy. I know. I don't have <laughs> to. <laughs> Hey, ordinarily, this would be the part of the podcast where we talk about what else has been rocking our horror worlds, but as we release this, it's going to be actually probably before the first of the month, if you can yeah. believe that. It's going to be June. No, it's not. Get the fuck out of here. There's <laughs> no way. I think it's going to be. Jake, I'm telling you, this is the one. I'm listener, back on track listener, with this listener, one. you'll see. <laughs> Either way, it's time to talk about the horror release roundup. Now, over at our website, adchorror.com, with a hyphen, uh, we will kick you a full list of horror movies we were able to find that are dropping uh in the month of july 2020 and uh link to the trailer and a little blurb about each of them but here on the podcast what are we just going to talk about a top horse one a bottom one yeah, top horse, bottom horse, horse, top horse, horse, horse. horse. <laughs> I, I fix i have guys it has been a long ass day so far wow, things are weird. not good over here wow. uh, top one a bottom one and a dark horse pick and why don't we just uh start with me and start at the bottom um I picked Dead Voices as my bottom one uh, because it looks very bad. And <laughs> not only does it look very bad, uh, it, it was a poorly made trailer and also had a lot of things that infuriated me about it, like the fact that she calls this project. It's a found footage movie where a woman is doing her final exam uh, in some sort of video medium, and she's doing it on the concept of mediumship, as she says. But then also there's like a sex tape halfway through she's making with her boyfriend that I guess she forgot to edit out of her fucking final exam. What? No, that's <laughs> part of believe. mediumship, okay? It's a critical study <laughs> of mediumosity. You have to get your brainwaves uh. on a certain level. Jack, one of the other things you didn't mention is not only is this a found footage flick, but this proclaims to be one of the scariest, no, maybe, what, the scariest found footage film ever? Yeah, I I, that, that was a like, pull quote. Just shameless horseshit pull quotes, which did really you grab caught a, my ire. Did you happen to notice the source on any of those pull quotes? Because I couldn't be bothered. They were to pay complete. Attention. They were nonsense. I have never. <laughs> it was I like did not notice them. The I equivalent of A to Z horror says. <laughs> I'm not even sure it would be quite up to that level of snuff. <laughs> oh god, I, that's a low bar. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll 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 jump on this train as well. Dead Voices was my bottom one. I was gonna lead in with that uh, one of the scariest found footage movies ever quote as well, but Jake decided to step all over me. Wow. On that one, so step all now, over Jake, it. How did I, I step sh- all over it? You. What? It was gonna be. I was gonna say it. <laughs> Mark, Jake, did you actually my... pick this? Yeah, as your bottom we one? circled the wagons all the way up, dude. Hell Buffalo yeah, Bills it's been style. a while since that. Happened. I will tell you one thing: next time Mark loses a fucking bet, <laughs> he's watching this movie. This does, this <laughs> does hit. Th- this does look a lot like a few of the other movies that I have chosen as my top one before. This is not unlike uh, <laughs> a night alone of, in what, a ghost alone house. in a ghost house. Yeah, and then I was thinking. <laughs> What are the first A shots? night in a spirit mansion. <laughs> the spirit den. Um, no, there's also that other one that I cannot remember the name of that was super early on that was about like two newlyweds in a house. And then there's the some. Do you remember that with the yellow handprints? And they're like traveling oh. between dimensions and shit. Yeah, God. I sort of remember it. Yeah, and it also reminds me of that one. Anyways, to me, it all I just a, ends up being alone in a ghost house. <laughs> I have a sordid history of watching these movies and I can't wait to lose a bet and then watch it. <laughs> well, we haven't circled the wagons on a bottom one in a while, so let's jump into a top one. Let's go all the way up. Whoa. I picked The Rental as my top one pick, as my top horse, my best horse. 
And is this, this the, is yeah, go whatever. Yeah, this go. is the uh, directed by Dave Franco, starring Allison Brie and some other people. It's like a they. I mean, these what early thirties ish, late twenties esque group of friends rents a Airbnb in the mountains yeah. and shit goes awry. It's like seems to be half kind of. Uh, home invasion-y, 13 cameras-y. There may or may not be some supernatural stuff. It's a kind of subtle trailer. Either way, it looks very well put together. Allison Bree is an excellent actor. It uh, looks great. I'm very excited about it. This one kind of has a Stranger's vibe to it a little bit. Just a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Coach. They, don't, they do a good job of not showing uh, the actual home invaders. Like You see them, but they're for split seconds, and I couldn't yeah. tell if they're wearing masks, but something about the way they looked I was intrigued by. It seems like a well-made movie, for sure. I, I don't... Yeah, I don't... There's nothing wrong with that pick at all, Jack. All right. Well, thank you. I, I need some validation from you today, Jake. It's, uh, it's You need some hard. validation from me always, Jack. Well, Jake, I takes it where I can get it. Uh, Mark, how about you? What is your top one pick? I went with a movie that I was determined to not like the trailer and by gum it won me over that's Ooh. usually a really good sign i picked saint mod which is probably the the well i mean we have a few that are sort of the triple a blockbuster type this one is very like highly produced and whatnot um has a billy eilish song playing under the whole thing that is definitely going to be stuck in my head for the next like week uh in any case this is a story of a nurse, a highly religious nurse who's like kind of dealing with some shit and maybe becomes possessed or maybe is fighting off Satan in some way. I don't know. Um, Definitely. Just a, probably just a general run of the mill possession movie. But I think what I'm learning from this whole experience is that I miss the days where we had movies that we could watch that were like put together by studios and had money behind them and had production value <laughs> and stuff. I mean, I love all the indies too, but it's been like three or four months since like a big name movie came out. This one's been on the docket for a while. Like its name has been floating around there and I finally saw the trailer for it and I liked it. And you know what? It seems good. <laughs> right, I, I think, Fair. um, I don't know. Yeah, it does seem good. It's certainly well made. It's also a 24. So yeah. it's probably going to be really polarizing. I think you can kind of get that from the trailer. Like this is just the subject mat. Like it's doing nothing for me. I'm not interested in seeing a nurse nun thing go like into a battle with Satan and get possessed. It just doesn't seem like it's going to be exciting. If there's some sort of a twist, like it's all in her head and it's psychological, that could be cool. Well, it's definitely could be, be psychological. Cool. I, well, you know I what guess, I mean. It's I, it it turns it on its head in some way. Yeah, and I mean that's you know watching a half nurse, half nun try and not get possessed is exactly what. I went into this thinking I was going to get and not really wanting to like it. And then I realized, you know, maybe I kind of do just want a possession movie right now. I'm okay with this. <laughs> it has been a while since I've seen a real stinker of a possession movie. So, uh, like, Well, like an actual possession movie that wasn't titled The Possession of blank blank. <laughs> the gerund of woman's name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the classic. I, this one, one thing that I will say, though, is that this one is making something of Rose Glass as the director. I don't know anything about Rose Glass. Me neither. Should I? Like, yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, no. Nope. It's a big it's weird to me to see a big movie and it's not like introducing or something if it's someone's first feature. It's not like unlike A24's shtick to give someone their first kind of big shot, but I found it a little bit surprising. I, I believe yeah, I mean, anything. About I believe her. she wrote it as well, uh, which I think is probably why she's getting the the headline here. But yeah, just Kay. doing a quick check of her IMDb. Uh, she has directed 
no five, other feature length movies. Five shorts. <laughs> five yep. shorts. Oh, cool. I mean, I don't know. I, that's a hell of a way to step into a. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I'm super Get on board it. for that. Yeah. Jake, how about you? Your top one. Uh, I Okay. I went with one that kind of fits the bill that Mark was saying. Like, it's just been a minute since we've had one that's in that upper echelon more upper echelon more triple a style film i went with relic okay this seems like a much just premise alone if you were to read the synopsis seems like a much better it has to be better there's no way it could not be better than the taking of deborah logan take on uh dementia (laughs) in in horror well taking it could be hard to get a lot worse than that so (laughs) Uh, i want it to be better and i expect it to be better after seeing the trailer mark uh this seems atmospheric as hell I think this is going to be good. It could have some good scares. Just spooky, dark house with the psychological aspect of their having to deal with a loved one who's going through the symptoms of dementia. Uh, that's a yeah. Tough it's a big names in this in. thing too. And then it's throwing things at you that are kind of like the what's this monster in the woods sort of thing that might may or may not be infiltrating the house. Uh, I think that this could be really cool. I don't know that it will be, but it stuck out as the best combination of both interesting and well-made of the month to me. So that's why I'm going with it. I also get some kind of vibes. I mean, obviously it's the what physical manifestation of an emotion uh, or, or some kind of emotional stress or of uh, the Babadook vibes a little bit, because how could you not? Yeah, there's some of these like... You're right. There there are these movies that have come around in the last uh, five years that are, and it's not to say they weren't made before that too, but I'm thinking more recently of entries like The Monster, where you have like this physical manifestation of some horrific thing, just this nebulous thing that's hard to, uh, you know, personify, but... It seems like it is definitely well enough made. I just don't know in terms of like what the story is going to be like. So I was a little hesitant to not give it to something like a St. Maude, even though I wasn't interested in it. But this one did just enough. Fair enough. Well, let's talk about the unknown, boys. Let's talk about a dark horse pick. Maybe it's going to be great. Maybe it's not. You don't really know, but it looks interesting. I picked Coven. <laughs> Coven like Oven? Coven, Coven like Oven, yes. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for correcting yourself. <laughs> uh, this is, uh, what, this is a, an Uncorked Productions, Uncorked Movies? How many? They were swinging for the damn <laughs> yeah, fences Uncorked this dropped month. like four this month. Yeah, they did. And this one is about uh, sexy lady witches doing sure their is. thing. It kind of looks a little bit like The Craft, but with a decidedly less teenagery and a decidedly more sexy bent to it. And uh, it looks interesting. And sexy. I'm on board. <laughs> Jack, they do make pornography. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah, but he watches his porn for the the plot lines. You really get better plot <laughs> lines in uncorked movies, you know? I see. I see. Uh, anyway, it also doesn't look like terrible. It looks like it's kind of funny, kind of self-referential, but still a pretty well put together movie. They did not fake fire effects in it, which I appreciate. So real fire uncorked sexy equals dark horse yeah that's okay. not a bad formula that's not it's a bad not. formula i mean it's what you typically get <laughs> see other uncorked movies from this month they were some bad ones yep <laughs> yes sir how about you mark that's, you and, and, and just for record that is a testimony as to how bad dead voices looks <laughs> <laughs> it does not look good <laughs> that we circled the wagons and there were like three other uncorked movies that we haven't even brought up uh-huh. Um, I went with, so 
I'm on the fence here a little bit. I wanted to go with Ghosts of War because I found that one intriguing, but yeah. god damn, that trailer gives literally every single point in the yeah. story away. So it sure does. So it can't meet the it can't meet the definition of Dark Horse because I know what that horse looks like. <laughs> You've seen the whole movie, effectively. So, yeah, I, we, I watched a two we, minute version of a ninety minute movie. Can we pause for a split second then and say, listener, if you might if you might go and check out our post and haven't already and you're interested in a war or movie that looks like it might actually be well put together, don't watch that trailer. Yeah, because, I mean, literally, away. it tells you everything. It yeah. tells you every single thing that happens. I haven't seen the they movie show yet. I am expecting. all of it. They show all of it. <laughs> yeah. It's a war or movie that looks like it's pretty well made. I was in for that trailer until, like, the last, I don't know, half of it was like, oh, this is where you're going? Yep. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. It's, yeah. Got, it's got Thad in it from uh, from Blue Mountain State. That guy? That guy, that's a hell that, of a pull. he's that he's that's, the it that's guy. famous t- cultural touchstone, dude. Blue Mountain State was really awesome for like the year that it was a thing. Okay, <laughs> what year was that? Uh, twenty twelve. <laughs> Some yeah, it was twenty. <laughs> Roughly right around the time this movie came out. Yeah, right when Grave Encounters right came when out. Right when Oh, okay, I see. <laughs> the movie I am actually going with is Impetigor, which is an import from Indonesia, I believe. Yes. Um, about a, a young woman who's traveling back to her like village. Her her, I, I, she's visiting her parents' home, uh, where she moved to the big city a long time ago, and now she's got to come back. And when she left originally. The whole town thought that she put a curse on them, and now they're hunting her, or something to that extent. Yeah, man. Uh, th- I, this trailer looks crazy. I couldn't tell what the hell was going on in it. Yeah. Also, and the- super, super interesting. Like, I didn't even know if this was based on local folklore. And Indonesian, or it might be Javanese, I don't know. Is But all of those, like, the, the languages of that root are so foreign to me that you can't yeah. even like parse sentence structure at all. It's like it's insane. I love stuff like that, but it's really hard to tell what is happening. Yeah, yeah and ultimately ultimately this is going to get that dark horse moniker especially just because with foreign movies, especially one like I don't have a deep bench of movies that have come out of Indonesia. I think we've maybe seen like two others on HRR before something Wasn't like that. Wasn't there a clown one when like right around the time we first started this whole project there was a clown based Indonesian horror movie I think. I don't yes. remember a clown one. I remember at least one other one about like a like a plantation that someone moved on to that was haunted. Anyways, <laughs> uh not a deep bench there. I do not have very much exposure to their like tropes and stuff, so you never really know what you're going to get in a uh, international movie, especially one from a country that you have not seen any movies from before. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. boom. This one's going to be available, I believe, exclusively on Shutter when it comes uh, out. Yeah, it is. Can I jump in? Because it's mine, too. I yep. I agree with everything Mark said. Uh, I have, have basically no experience with Indonesian horror, so that is interesting enough. Another reason it's a dark horse is that there is... It's polarizing. When you have a movie that you're going to have to go into reading the subtitles, some people will not watch that. And it will affect your viewing experience, better or worse, right? Some dummies will go in and will not like that. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. I think that people need to expand their horizons and go and watch a lot more foreign horror because there's really good stuff out there. But it is a hurdle. Like, I will admit that. And I think that that's at least should be mentioned. One other thing that I'll say about it, and I think plays perfectly into the hand of this being this month's Dark Horse, is, like Mark said, this is a, sh- a Shutter exclusive 
I trust to a certain degree Shudder's curation, but <laughs> Shudder is more adventurous than I am. So this could go either direction. But it, them releasing a newer movie is compared to like pulling out some like crazy cult classic from the past that I'm just going to not be interested in. Those are two different things. So I am really interested to see what made them go for this title. And I, I agree with cool. that sentiment. However, like with the last HRR, when we talked about a Shutter movie, I will say I no longer trust their curation of new or semi-new horror movies that they buy for distribution because zero point zero, oh zero megahertz. <laughs> that movie was so bad. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say you'd watch Blood Machines between now and the last time we talked. Oh God, no. <laughs> okay, I'm thinking but about it. I might. It. I'm thinking yeah, about it. I might. <laughs> Is that the one with the tooth-powered spaceship? That's the like intergalactic yeah. ghost witch space chase set opera. to fucking opera, yeah, yeah, yeah. The space opera. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Um, good picks all around, boys. I think it's time to dive into the feature presentation before I forget what it is again. Over at ADCHorror.com this week, we watched 2011's Grave Encounters, which was a mark pick. Are you boys impressed with me? I got it all. Got it you all in it. one. You formed yeah. a complete <laughs> sentence, bud. Hey, that's pretty good. I'm pretty happy about that. Um, either way, Mark, what made you pick this particular flick? Uh, so part of it was that recently I watched Gunjam Haunted Asylum, uh, and that movie reminded me heavily of this, and it also rules. And I hadn't seen this one okay. in a while. In Whoa. fact, I had seen Grave Encounters 2 more recently than I had seen Grave Encounters oh, 1. And that God. is a mistake. Uh, <laughs> so I wanted to go back and watch this one with you guys because it has a, uh, I guess, rating spoilers. But it has a very, uh, it has a place in my heart. Okay, we're going to talk some more about that. That's going to come up later. I'll, I'll get, I'll oh, we're going to argue this episode? What? Oh. <laughs> no, Jack, no. Come Mark, on. This is, Mark, pure, one... this is a Krabby Patty of a movie. You can't hate this. <laughs> what? Mark, what? <laughs> okay, good poll. Mark, one thing that I will say is I'm a little... I'm, I'm not agitated. I'm like just one rung down from agitation at you for picking this now instead of in the fall season because this, this is a pretty good Halloween season play. Uh, Yeah, well, I couldn't wait. I know, I get it, man. I, don't I get it. Win. Jake, fine. what are, what are your previous uh, dealings with this flick? Uh, I'd seen it once. Uh, okay, I hadn't seen it until Mark recommended it, and knowing what I know about Mark, uh, <laughs> compared <laughs> that to mean what a I lot knew of things. Co- no, I okay. I was halfway through the thought. Knowing what I know about you now, compared to what I knew about your horror taste when you recommended this movie, I might have been more hesitant if you'd recommended it today. This is a garbage train of thought, but you get what I'm saying. I I kind of don't. <laughs> I am so surprised and excited to talk about this movie cuz I thought I like legitimately thought this was a going to be a just everyone loves this movie. <laughs> oh, Billy, okay. I uh, I'm uh, being caught very off guard right. Now. Tell you <laughs> something surprising for this. This is a first viewing for me. What? Really? Yeah, never seen Grave Encounters before. Had you heard anything about How much had you heard about it? Just us talking about it? I heard it was found footage in an asylum. That's what and, I knew about it. And you it. heard it was pretty good, right? I think so, yeah. I knew Mark thought highly of it. Hmm. I think it's fairly universally, re- I don't know, universal. I think it's fairly well regarded in the found footage subgenre. It has Is a it? 33 on Metacritic, I'll tell you that. That yeah. means nothing. <laughs> that means nothing. Well. No, it really doesn't. <laughs> what? Uh Either way, this was my first viewing, and I got to tell you, boys, I gave it the full treatment, too. This was a late night, not too drunk, everything else turned off, big TV, alone in the dark, watched this flick. 
Are what? you suggesting that you don't often give the full treatment to our movies? Sometimes I can't. I mean, sometimes you got to watch it on a computer or with headphones on or something in a yeah. less than or ideal well situation. <laughs> or, you know, during the day. You know, sometimes you have to watch it in during the, the day on your phone on the toilet in the office. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I watch exactly. it over the course of seven days just as a poop. <laughs> Either way, this one got the full-on real deal treatment from me, and so let's start to get there. Mark, yes, you picked this movie, okay, and you know what that means. It's time for what seconds. the movie does right. <laughs> Thirty seconds <laughs> are on the goddamn clock, and it's gonna start when you start. Grave Encounters is the name of a reality ghost hunter television show that's shooting its first season. Episode 6 is set in this haunted asylum place that is pretty spooky. Uh, They do some B-real interviews and stuff like that around the outside, and then when they get locked inside, they find that they can't get back out. They basically search around and have these cameras mounted around the place and looking for ghosts and all stuff, and wouldn't you know it, they find ghosts, uh, and then the ghosts fight back and eventually kill all of them (laughs) off. Uh, There's a there's a ghost in a bathtub. One Time. Of the girls, okay. <laughs> Just going to start listing stuff. Yeah. I mean, you, ca- you got it right. You, you didn't it. miss anything. Yeah. This is a- if, there were, if there were one area where you could have perfected it more, and I get why you didn't, because you had to move for time, Mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, them not being able to get back out is a bit of burying the lead. It's not just like they're locked in. Yeah, okay. So it's weird. I did kind of I did kind of lose track of that. They get they they force themselves to be locked in as part of the shtick of the uh of the show and then later once shit has hit the fan they try and get back out and uh apparently these ghosts are able to manipulate space and time it's actually kind of like a blair witch project it is exactly like blair witch project which notably came later uh where the space of the uh asylum changes so that hallways lead to hallways that they shouldn't lead to the doors don't exit you, the, the windows disappear. It's yeah, all been, that it's stuff. Been you both said the Blair Witch. The sun hasn't come up. You both said the Blair Witch Project, and it's expressly Blair not Witch. the Blair Witch Project. Blair Witch. Right? Okay. I can't keep them straight. <laughs> uh, the no. Okay, I I was on board with Blair Witch Project though. Not so much like the night staying night for days, but in the sense that like you can't get out despite what direction you go, and you yeah, just keep circling too. back. Like okay. that was the original canon. So. Yes. Yeah, okay. that lasted 12 seconds it, in the this, original film. No, no, it didn't. You're fu- Fuck you. You're underselling that part of the film. That was a <laughs> oh, huge part okay, of the film. Oh, okay, you mean like out in the woods. I got you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, well, it okay. was a much bigger deal and done in this way in Blair Witch, yes. which came after this movie. So right. I think you had like a movie borrowing from a movie and then the movie that was in the f- original movie's franchise borrowed from the movie that borrowed from the other movie. Yep. I would yep. say this is the distinct riff in that it's indoors when it does that. When you're outside and just sort of lost in the woods, it's easy to get lost in the woods, and eventually you walk in a circle or whatever. You might be being manipulated by forces beyond your control or whatever, but like you're still just kind of lost in the woods. Yeah. This one is like there's non-Euclidean geometry built into this fucking place. Yeah, the second you can this walk happens, down a hallway like, huh? for days. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They go up. They go up some stairs and they open a door and there's just a wall behind the door. Yeah. In that sense, it's a lot more on the nose, right? In Blair, we don't need to talk that much about the Blair Witch Project. It's hey, let's talk about what in the fuck subgenres of horror this movie fits into, except for found, found footage, because I'm taking footage. that one. Uh, <laughs> supernatural, yeah, paranormal, supernatural, whatever. <laughs> foreign, yeah. foreign. Is it Canadian? It's foreign. It's foreign. It's Canadian. You know. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I, that's about it. It's foreign, Ghosts. Canadian. Haunted <laughs> house. Uh, this is not a house, Jack. This is an asylum. 
totally okay, haunted asylum is that a sub sub genre no, totally totally different how dare you yeah god you could add it get your shit together yeah hold on let me pull it up jesus asylum <laughs> <laughs> that's about it they're quite a few that's about it it's about it yeah, I think that that covered it. Let's get to what the movie does right because apparently this is going to be a much more uh, much more contentious thing than I thought it was going to be. I mean, I don't. I won't give away too many of my feelings. Right, the what you we were just have. talking. About, I don't. I don't think it's a bad movie. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> let's start here. I just. I'm not going to give it an eight through ten like Mark apparently is going to. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's start here. The shtick of this movie is the uh, is that they're aping like the the not not I mean the name of the movie is Grave Encounters. What was the name of the like Ghost Hunters? <sighs> Ghost Hunters, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ghost Hunters, Hunters International or whatever. Like the stupid yeah. night vision reality TV shows that were on TLC or the Discovery Channel or whatever. Other Jake and th- I watched a lot of you're, those together. You're kind of underselling Ghost Hunters. I oh, actually, for I the actually, record, I fucking love those shows. Well, no, but, well the. For the record, there are like 35 of them. And what I actually found a little bit refreshing about like the first few seasons of Ghost Hunters is they went into it under, and maybe this is like long con. I haven't like studied Ghost Hunters lore, but uh, they went in like, look, we're coming in to try to debunk your shit. And then they went at it from like all manner of like they're using the same tools, but they're really trying to be like this is not haunted and this is why. And I thought there's that was th- kind of cool. There's that episode in the first season where they actually like pull out the things and the speakers behind the mirror. They find it and they're like, "Fuck you!" But it could have just been like cool. super long play for like some of the times when they were like, "Oh!" But I kind of got the feeling it was more like when it got more popular and more produced, then it got more complete horse shit. When yeah, it became sure. just like thirty percent, that one guy staring at the camera going like. Oh! Well, because then there was the Monster Hunters show after that where he had, like, when they're finding Bigfoot and he had the camera mounted to his chest faced at his own face instead of, like, at the Bigfoot he was apparently seeing all the fucking time. God. So I got to tell you, we're not reviewing this movie, but that is one of the things that this movie doesn't quite hit about that, the the parody that they're going for, but that Ganjim Haunted Asylum does do really well. There's just like a billion cameras all pointed directly at the people's faces. Anyways. But, Mark, you are, you are right. They yeah. do ape that style very, very well. And especially like the first parts with the behind the scenes stuff, that all plays really well. I think it's really funny. Like the scenes, especially of them paying off the, the gardener. To be oh like, my no, God. I'll find I love over the gardener and say, scene. And then they just go to him and he's like, I saw it in that room. I saw a ghost. It was very <laughs> scary. Like, it was right Dead here. Man. It was really scary. That's so good. And then he just stares off into the distance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the scene in the movie right there. But yeah, I mean, they do all of it. They have the oversaturated, like, spinny camera intro with them all standing in a graveyard. They have the they they have their attitude poses that they all kind of strike like yeah, a the couple times. Pose, and the yeah, yeah, the dude. The, they the have clo- kind of the archetypes broken down too, right? Where you have yep. the main, ge- almost handsome generic guy, and then the the <laughs> psychic type. Yeah, handsome adjacent, the psychic type, and then the the kind of goth girl. They got all yep. the archetypes. Yep. Uh, the clothing style of the host is like definitely something that they were trying to go off of with the jeans and then like the black, just sort of like scene kid style look kind of. Oh yeah, they kind of nailed that. Oh yeah, god, they do yeah. A great what job. was that? What was the, there was one show in particular that he reminds me the most of, and he he is that guy. Yes, I forget, exactly. I forget what, <laughs> exactly. I forget what they're it's like. Called. They're very clearly trying to evoke that that character uh, that we've all seen. <laughs> and the funny thing is, like you say, there's exact, there's one, uh, I mean, <laughs> I think there might be a ton <laughs> that's of possible. There, that's possible, but there's one that I think is 
Prime. I don't know. It was really popular. I think it was just called like Ghost Encounters or something. I don't. I don't remember. Well, right. And now we're, it's and that's kind of the other funny thing about how Look, generic this movie is named. Any host that's of how these generic sh- all of the this shows is less <laughs> generic than what I just said. Any of the hosts you could picture wearing a leather cuff, this guy fits right into that archetype. <laughs> and it's and in that same vein, it's also his. He clearly has like these line deliveries pre-rehearsed that he does for every episode. Like this might be a paranormal hotspot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all very good. So that part they nail. They get that exactly right. I think, yes, and they set yeah. the tone correctly. Like actual, like they show you enough of the actual stupidness of what those shows were. But then intersperse it with enough comedy of the behind the scenes stuff, but don't do too much of either. And I think they got that balance just right, and they do a yep. good job of that. And they bring in they bring in a couple of like the local historian or whatever, or the groundskeeper of the asylum to kind of like to, to cut it a little bit, right? So it's not all just like slapstick, goofy behind the scenes humor stuff. It's like they're actually this is actual like be real thing. We we've seen this interview dozens of times before in other shows. I, I was I was really reminiscing about Fear, that MTV reality show where like <laughs> a bunch of randos had to go into a local cemetery or whatever and perform dares in order to get like a thousand bucks. It's on YouTube, listener. It's on YouTube. <laughs> go go seek it out. It's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, also, just the fact that they they, I mean, with this show, you kind of have to set it in somewhere as like generic and just straightforward as an abandoned psychiatric hospital. Right. It's like there's really nothing else you could do for this. And it works pretty well in that regard. Well, and that's the other funny thing is like that's always what it was on those shows. Like for every there are those like, you know, you have the murder forest in Japan and you have the that haunted island in Mexico. I want to the say dolls? there's like a few th- the those, doll island. Yeah. yeah, exactly. There's a few of those places that are like renowned as the most haunted place on the world. But once you shoot your, you know, five episode season, uh, you got to find other places. And there's a lot of fucking <laughs> asylums and hospitals and shit scattered around the globe that you can go to. So well, I do remember the- that, like you'd, you'd watch these episodes of whatever ghost encounters and it would just be, Oh, this is a, this is an asylum in new England. The last one was an asylum in Minnesota. So this is actually is a Canadian mental hospital called the Riverview Hospital, and this is very famous in the film and film production world. I'd like to, Mark, read you a list of just other productions in which this hospital or its interiors have appeared, if you're ready, sir. I have. I was born ready. <laughs> okay. So some of these are TV shows, others are movies. Supernatural, The X-Files, Arrow, Elf, that Will Ferrell movie, Smallville, <laughs> Happy Gilmore, Prison Break, Riverdale, The Butterfly Effect, and Final Destination 2, including, and then also Grave Encounters, and apparently a significant portion of Deadpool 2 was filmed there as well. That's a murderous <laughs> row of movies. <laughs> Fucking Butterfly Effect on there? Yeah, we need to review Butterfly Effect. I knew Riverdale was going to come up. I yeah, knew Riverdale, it. obviously. And, I mean, once, and once you have Riverdale on there, I think you got every other CW show on there, too. <laughs> Yeah, Sabrina so. by extension. Yeah. Well, and there are like six River or six CW shows on there. Supernatural and what Smallville and uh, Arrow, I think are all CW shows. I do like Arrow. <laughs> do you still watch Arrow? No, I haven't watched it in years, but the first like 5 seasons or so were pretty good. Yeah, well, I would I would urge you to revisit it and come up with a different opinion about the current seasons. Okay. <laughs> it's drifted uh, a little bit. Either way, I very much like the uh, the what they have going on with the hospital, and that they used this like kind of 
historic hospital. It's like a little bit of kind of fun meta commentary, I think. It doesn't sound as much like it's a historic hospital and more just like it was the hospital that was available for rent. <laughs> there's an abandoned, <laughs> yeah, there's an abandoned hospital that's kind of near Toronto yeah. where we film everything. So. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, I found it. It was on Craigslist. We can get it up for like a night for 2000 bucks. <laughs> Done. Let's do this thing. Yeah, I guess most of those things I listed off were after Grave Encounters. <laughs> yeah. This is a pioneer, Jack. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's right. So that's the show within the movie. The other thing I wanted to point out here is that this actually starts, I kind of forgot about this. This starts with an introduction by a guy named uh, Jerry Hartfield or Hatfield or something like that. Uh, who's why basically? You, why did wait? Why did you feel the need to point out the name specifically if you didn't remember yeah. the exact name? You were like, I thought his name was supposed to be a punchline. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. I'm glad good. he did okay, it. Glad got awesome. That's just how I sound. Um, and he's like the production. He's like a producer oh, for this for this sh- for the channel that was running that was going to run the show and yeah, he's the begrudgingly company. showing us this final cut that this is not a movie this is just <laughs> us cutting the footage down to be yeah, like all a we nice did was edit stuff out thing for that time. has credits on the end of it yeah. <laughs> you you thought that's something it does right like yes because because this okay. is the thing that you guys constantly fucking talk about with uh found footage movies the bugs you apparently weigh more than it bothers me but this movie actually provides an answer to it of like how did this footage? Why are why are we seeing? It has this to footage? pass the found footage test, right? Yeah, and this movie goes out of its way in the first few seconds of the movie to show you how sure. it's passing that test. Like I have... actually mechanically how we are coming to see this footage. Okay, I I agree with you. That's important, but I kind of have a rebuttal with this one. On second viewing, this one caught me differently than it did the first time, uh, and it's all about who that guy is. And that's why, even more, I thought you were trying to use him as a punchline. Like, his type of character is this, like, you know, sits in the office production company D-bag that's just, like, there to make sure that the shows are entertaining enough to make money. He came off as extraordinarily disingenuous this time to me, and that made me feel like when he's like, it was only edited for time, like, he is letting you know that they have fucked with this thing, which discredits what happens in the movie well, he is this was place. he is being arch in a very weird way that seems <laughs> unnecessary but and this whatever was, I thought it worked. This was a note that I had where I do agree that w- the found footage test is something this movie does right every aspect of it. But he I couldn't I was trying to picture the situation where this money grubbing ch- cable channel that makes its money off of just presenting horse shit poorly edited and trying to trick people is letting a documentary they they are rising above morally releasing this footage for their own profit but they will let a documentary crew come in and see their footage no i, I don't i don't jack, imagine that situation jack, occurring you're not being nearly cynical enough they're making money <laughs> off of this <laughs> they're like I how guess. do we frame this so that it makes us seem like we still have the moral high ground but <laughs> there we go we maybe, can yeah. sell it. maybe that belongs as a neat pick but i did have yeah, dude, footage no, test of what the movie theory. does right dude I took it totally differently this time. Because of who he is, it made it obvious that he is showing you a fabrication this time. It didn't oh, happen. There's no moral high ground to take. It's all That's fucked. That's interesting. I like Jake, that. you can take that up time. with the happenings of Grave Encounters too. okay? Okay. <laughs> the I canon expands. I will not. Because yeah, there was money shouldn't. to be made. Uh, listener PSA, Grave Encounters 2 fucking sucks. <laughs> oh, shit. What's its um, Metacritic yeah, score, Mark? 
Uh, we're slower. <laughs> oh, I was going to say it's probably higher. Let's talk a little bit. We we already started to dive into it a little bit, but the, the metaphysical shit this movie does to fuck with the inhabitants of this hospital is its strongest point, I think. It's the scariest it's the most unique of element. this movie. Yeah. And the parts For it's sure. best at. I, do a- yeah. It, it hit me the first time I saw this, not expecting that turn of events. I was... It took me a few minutes to, like, come to terms with what was happening to recover from that twist. Uh, I thought it was great. And I can only speak for my first viewing, but at least the way, like, I didn't notice any problems with, like, you know, when they then come back through the hallway and then they're in the main place and they go through the place with the exit sign and it goes down a different corridor. Like, I didn't notice any problems of, like, just it didn't feel wrong. It just felt fucked up and scary. Um, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, it just felt endless. It didn't yeah. it didn't feel like they were like it yeah. It's it maintains its sense of place. I'll say this, it didn't feel like the the filmmakers, not not the within film filmmakers, but the the actual filmmakers were just like slapping an exit sign over a different door and then trying to go through that. They put more effort than that into it and I think it paid off. Yes. Okay. I agree. I th- and that is something that you I mean, when you go down that path of sort of like wibbly wobbly spacey wacy, it's super easy to to then lose track of where you are in the hospital. But they never really feel like they're in this like cartoonish world. They always feel like they're trapped in the same fucking hallway, which is yeah. actually kind of kind of impressive from the sets department to be able to set that up. And that's actually probably more a testimony to how fucking gigantic the hospital is in the first place that you can shoot scenes like that. But Absolutely. Yep. And I mean, it kind of gave me like a House of Leaves vibe too. Right? Yes. Yep. Which, exactly. by the way, totally unrelated. But what's that new fucking horror movie coming out? Maybe with Kevin Bacon, where they just straight rip off that scene from House of Leaves. I saw a trailer for a horror movie where I think it's Kevin Bacon takes a tape measure and measures the inside of his house and it does not match up with the tape measuring he does on the outside of his house. And that's the whole scary part. And I think it's complete horseshit that they just straight ripped that off from House of Leaves. You should have left? Yeah, you should have left. Yep. Fuck that. I will have to watch this movie. I haven't seen the movie. I just saw the trailer. (laughs) I will have to watch this trailer. Either way, this movie does not just, it's not just like a ripoff of anything. They bring their own spin to it and they do a good job. Yeah. I didn't mean to derail us there. I just thought, I want to talk about how angry you that really made derailed, me. though. That's the thing. Yeah, did you have something good to say before I derailed you? No. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> but he would have been derailed regardless, so it's still exactly. your fault. <laughs> I'm standing my ground, Jack. Uh, in a similar vein to Howard, what we were just talking about, this this movie does the escalation of things really, really well. It takes its time at the beginning to set the scene and kind of give you the backstory of the hospital. And then, you know, over time, it introduces the techniques that are going to be used. They kind of mention, like, uh, EVP and these special cameras and stuff. They have Geiger counters and all this crazy bullshit. Uh, and then eventually, like, the, the groundskeeper points out some places where, like, crazy stuff's been known to happen with, like, windows opening up or whatever. So they start filming that. And there's, like, a lot of opportunities early on for there to be evidence or jump scares happening, and nothing happens. Uh, but then slowly over time, like, the window opens and no one sees it, but it opens. A wheelchair rolls around. There's a door that shuts, that type of stuff. That's kind of your typical, like, ghost encounters type fare. 
This movie then, is great at making you as the viewer stare at the fucking screen looking yeah. for what's happening in the background. But then like once it starts to escalate, it's like it it keeps going. It it keeps having these you keep thinking this like pulled its last trick and then and then that's where you land at oh they're trapped inside of an infinite labyrinth inside of this place and time no longer applies to them. Like <laughs> and you go from her hair getting pulled to it's been 48 hours and the sun hasn't come up in the matter of like two scenes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it is wild. And Mark, you you said they established the tools that they're going to use to show you all the scares, but they do more than that because they establish the tools that they're going to use and then fuck with you as they're using them. So like that EVP scene is a great example of it where they're like, all you're going to do here is we are using the EVP device. We know what that is. We've established what that is. We're going to hear some voices on the tape. So zoom in on the tape recorder. That's what's going to scare you. And then no, then the thing's going to brush your fucking hair. And it's really startling and a really good job to like subvert what you think they're going to do with the scares that are going to happen. Yeah. They, yeah, they, they pull the Kansas city shuffle a lot. And I, <laughs> I do actually think it's pretty effective for at least the first half of the movie. And then the second half is kind of just a roller coaster. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They just let you lose. That's right. Yeah. It's kind of good that they actually, I'll attack that on though. I think it's good that they kind of, they knew when to stop and just let it go. Mm-hmm. Because well, that yeah, is I mean, key. If they kept build, if they kept trying to build and build and build, it would have become te- tedious is the only word that I can think of, but they let the momentum build, and then when hell is break, like all hell is breaking loose, they allow what they built to just sort of happen because it's hectic enough as is. And I think that that works mostly well. Yeah, the last act of this movie does feel tedious to me, hmm. and we'll we'll get into that later. I okay. I kind of agree with that. Once they kind of having to start like actually picking people off. A few of them I like, and I mean, notably the what was the what was the psychic's name? Houston. He just dies in a flash of light or something. Whatever. Fuck that <laughs> he one. He gets choked and then yeah. thrown around a hall. I don't know. It's yeah, fine. he like lifted up by his neck, Darth Vader style. Well, that's interesting because he gets offed before some of the others. More on that later. Anyways, yeah. we'll we'll certainly come back to that. Um, I I do like, however, and we've touched on this already, but I don't necessarily mean how the archetypal characters work together, but I just like how the actual like human characters work together in this way they're all kind of fitting within their narrative buckets but the texture that like the actors are bringing to the characters actually work really well together and i think that they make a really good choice here to not make lance a total douche right the main guy in the in parodies of these types of shows are almost always just assholes that are trying to get the shot that are just like that. I mean, he does bribe the guys in this, but he's like setting shit, shit up. He's like trying to get people to, he's goading people into screaming and all this other stuff. Lance doesn't do that. Lance is like actually a pretty nice guy. He leads the team. Well, he's aside from sending a few folks off as singles, which is all fucking bad idea. But aside from that, like he's actually a pretty believable and likable guy, which I'd rather watch this group of likable people try and sort out problems, even if it's in a stressful and eventually degrades into, you know, TC screaming at people uh, versus a bunch of shit bags that have just been trying to lie, cheat, steal to, to get their shots or whatever. Um, yeah, the main guy isn't a total dickbag, but there is a character in this movie who is a total dickbag and uses a number of regrettable slurs. Is it, is it the psychic guy? Nope. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking operator. about. The camera operator. TC? Yep. 
I did not notice that. He uses three different and distinct slurs to refer to gay people, and they're all horrible, and he does it kind of indiscriminately. Oh, yeah. It sucks. I remember that. (laughs) I did not notice that. (laughs) Yep. Uh, I think at one point, it's all, it's not even a good, it's not even a, there's no good use of a slur. It's not a grammatically proper use of a slur. I hate him. Uh, it this sucks. Is supposed to be, this is supposed to be what the movie does right segment. Well, I'm out of things you're, it does hard right. You always off, you always derail. Well, I'm out of things it does hard right, too. Uh, that was actually the last thing that I thought this movie does right, was the chemistry of the, of the group. So, Jake, okay. unless you have anything else, we can move along. We can move along. It's fine. Um, in middle, I put their use of digital artifacting, not the actual digital artifacting itself. That is absolutely wrong because it looks terrible and nothing like when a tape actually skips or it's like so clearly an After Effects preset filter of preset effect you can just like buy from a package. Have we ever seen, have we ever seen a movie that actually does have digital artifacting done correctly in it? Uh, a couple. I can't, I can't. I'm having trouble thinking of an example right off the top of my head. But this movie uses so much of it, and the re- so that is absolutely wrong. The actual, um, like, the way that they make that happen. Um, but I like the way they use that artifacting to hide their crimes in the because it's a pretty low budget movie in terms of the actual effects. But they use it so much that it's really distracting. So I put this in does middle. Because like I appreciate what they're doing. You gotta find a way to do that. And I like that they're not like trying to hide away from showing you anything that requires some effects work. But they do so fucking much of it. Yeah, I, I kinda had the same thing written down. I just wrote the CG effects in general. Those There's, are bad yeah. Well bad. I I don't know if I agree with that. They are not up to snuff, certainly, but they match the timbre of the film pretty damn well. And when you combine that with how they're hiding it behind either night vision or film grain of some type, I actually think it works really, really well with what they're going for. If you go with Jake's theory that this is all them trying to sell you a bill of goods of a faked ghost encounter, then that works really well. I'm so confident after seeing it a second time. Fan theory, but I'm pretty sure that's what we witnessed here. Yeah. Well, I'm then, fine then to sell like this it. that way. Sure. Which is Why hilarious. Not, yeah. uh, it, it makes the movie like a totally different experience, and I, I'm happy that I didn't think that the first time, but <laughs> it was more fun this time. That they're all just hamming it up. That we're all actually the the joke that we thought we were in on watching the background scenes of them like set up these fake shots. And then we all of a sudden buy into them actually being haunted, even though we know we're watching something that's fake. <laughs> that's yeah. That's genius. You know what? You're selling me on it. That's this how is, I took it this time. That's how this, I took it this time. This is a top three best fan. The guy was so on the nose, dude. He's so on the nose. <laughs> this oh, is not a movie. So I was just I was just reviewing my notes to see if I had anything else that does middle, and I have the following notes in this order. Uh-oh. Oof, there's some rough slurs. Next note, a lot of slurs. And then a third note. Seriously, there's a fourth scene of using these same slurs? So <laughs> <laughs> That's not great. He was toxic masculinity character. They had a scene where they put a football in his hands. <laughs> That's true. Buried yeah. by the book. Uh, should we move on to what this movie does wrong? Yes, we shall. Okay. I had one thing written down. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, and that thing, which I've already touched on, was I, for as smart and believable as these characters are and on an actual work site with permits, why would you ever, even if this weren't haunted, send a person off alone to do something? 
that's a very clear safety violation. Don't do that. That's not how filming sets work. I mean, but it probably They're is. They're in Canada. These, like, and, and on these like super oh, yeah, low right. budget things where it's just like a producer and there probably isn't even a director on site, right? Like that 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 makes sense to me. They're they're just buying this from these assholes. They're not I get it if there's three of you, like there is when they're searching for a mat and they send TC off in one direction and then Lance and the girl, whatever her name is, go off in the other. Like you can't really split so, up Mark, in a way that beyond a maybe elevated neat nitpick, you couldn't come up with anything this movie does wrong. No. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll start by escalating your talk about what it does middle and the the effects to does wrong because they are wait period bad. period. I think they're bad. They suck. Period. What do you mean? I'll give you what effects. What the if, ones? Okay, okay be more, just be more specific. I'll side. I'll side with Jack on this one for one point, which is the the black hands that just come out of the ceiling and walls at one point. They look at least those terrible. are real. Those are fucking real. I'm pretty sure those are real hands. They look terrible. Those are definitely not real, Jake. And they they look like they move around on the ceiling. Like, I think they were their real hands from something and then imposed on this scene. They're bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then they have like a smoke filter around them or something like that. Uh, Well, I mean, the smoke filter started to just permeate everything. (laughs) They're they're very clearly digitally augmented and copied from one thing and pasted onto a wall. But it's not like the weird etch-a-sketch face thing. Which also looks fucking terrible. Yeah. Now, I will say, okay, Jack, I agree. I put the, like, ghost look thing that this movie has. This movie has, like, this specific ghost look is, like, this movie's thing. So it's weird that we're putting it in what it does wrong. I didn't, for the record. I like the ghost look. I know you didn't. I I think it belongs in what it does wrong, but it is what it does wrong with an asterisk because I also find it extremely charming. Like they, <laughs> that's what I'm looks, saying. It looks, it looks bad, shitty, but it's so on brand for the shtick they're going for. I, and yeah, especially when you think about this the fact that it's not a fucking real thing; it's being sold to you like <laughs> snake oil. This is middle. It's middle. We all fell it's for middle. it. We We're all fell middle. for it. Okay. I also have, and so I, I won't even talk about the digital artifacting again because I think it does suck, and they use it so much that it it's so bad looking. I like that you brought it up twice. Yes, yes, <laughs> I'm, that, I'm angry. It was with in it. does middle and does. He wrong. can't wait. He it can't is wait. both. He's, it He's is like we're in. Did we're not what the movie does right. Let me talk about something it. that does wrong. We're in the movie does middle. Let's talk about something that does wrong. Uh, Mark, most of my notes are just about the slurs they use, so I don't. Yeah, that makes sense. To, I'm winging I will not one off the, that one. I'm winging this off the cuff, Robin Williams style. I'm pretty sure that uh, I think you're doing it live, Bill O'Reilly. Style. I think the medium <laughs> used a slur at some point too. I can't remember what it was, but I think he he also uttered some regrettable nonsense. That one makes sense because that guy's a dick. Mark, yeah. I didn't talk to you. I didn't. I didn't quibble with you when you talked about you liked their characters, but I have. The acting in this movie is pretty good when you're doing the behind-the-scenes fake reality show thing. That's pretty good. But the second they're supposed to think it's real, under either theory, under either the theory that it actually is real, which I think has to be canon based on the sequel uh, and what you're telling me, Mark, or the theory that they're supposed to make you think they think it's real, they suck. So they immediately become incomprehensible, blubbering, blathering fucks. I can't. And the acting falls apart. Like the actual acting when they're fo- when the cam when it's 
Yes, and I and you were wrong about that. <laughs> when well, I said you brought up acting while you were already talking about acting. Well, fuck, I'm angry. <laughs> when they're spo- when the camera is cutting very quickly in between them and doing funny bits about behind the scenes stuff, they do a pretty good job. But when the camera has to focus on one of them reacting to something for more than 10 seconds at a time, they suck. They're terrible actors. I don't know. I don't agree with this take really at all um there is a but i understand where it's coming from there's there's a a force in this particular subgenre where the people have to freak out you can't shoot this movie without everyone becoming blithering nincompoops screaming and running into different directions and like getting lost and stuff like that like that is such a hallmark of this yeah, genre. oh absolutely and I- you have to get from realistic believable like down-to-earth characters who are just trying to do their job to that point and that's a really fucking big ask. It and is. I thought I actually think this movie does a better job of it than most of the other ones I've seen. So where I compared that it to same the Blair Witch task is performed. I compared it to the Blair Witch Project, where I that's, feel that's as not though fair. Sh- that was them actually getting tortured. <laughs> that's not acting. <laughs> movie was better. <laughs> oh, I, but yeah. also to be like I can. Comp- I mean. To a certain degree, no, no. like you can use that as your but, measuring yeah. stick for all movies of the genre. That's kind of fair. But at the same time, like you got to understand that not everybody's going to be that Hall of Fame level, buddy. I, I do understand that. But I just mean in terms of specifically to point out what I'm talking about in the Blair Witch Project and a way you can use editing to your advantage. You obviously have the scene of, of Heather blubbering into the camera, which I think she gets unfairly maligned for. I think it works really well within that movie. But it's not surrounded by 15 straight minutes of them crying into the camera about how it's the next day. It's tightly edited and used at a really part part of the movie when the visual storytelling is also really, really distressing. And here they just have these long stretches of the actors, of the characters reacting to them being upset unbroken by interesting visual storytelling and i hate it i don't think she's maligned for blubbering into the camera i just think that was one of the most iconic shots of that oh, movie and people a lot of it ended up with a lot of parody and happening. a lot of people point to that as why she's a bad actor i've what? seen a lot of that yeah a lot of that no either Wrong. way i think that sucks about this movie okay well hard disagree i had nothing else oh, hard disagree <laughs> hard um, everything after they end up kind of in the in the basement of this movie, right? After they find is is named Matt, whatever they find their guy yeah, again. They find Matt again. Everything after that, I c- couldn't give a flying fuck about. You've already shown me the interesting twists and turns. You've already shown me an objectively great jump scare, even though it had terrible effects of that woman's face. The first face that like opens all the way up when they find the woman in the corner. Yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. great jump scare. You showed me that they, they blew their the- wad. I thought hey, the guy that was like up against the ceiling in the corner, like a spider, was scarier. The tongue guy is that? Oh shit! Is that a tongue? On the no. it's a fucking pitch black room, and you you identified a tongue on the ground. Yeah. So the yeah, you're thinking of the same. Th- so he he's okay. looking around and he sees a tongue on the ground. And then there's like some drops of blood, and he looks. That's up a nitpick a I almost dude. had in the full does wrong because you're sprinting around the room and in an absolute panic in a pitch dark room with a night vision camera, you're identi- able to identify that the lump in the pool of goo on the ground from across the room is a tongue you can point out that that's a tongue hey this guy's tongue is a pube okay so (laughs) keep that in mind (laughs) this guy has cut off more than a few tongues in his day he knows how to identify tongues from a shocking distance (laughs) (laughs) 
It's one of his skills. Well, I mean, the producers of the movie fed that information to him to make it more believable. I hate this. I hate that you're (laughs) using it to make this a better film. And I hate that it's working. It sucks. (laughs) It sucks for me. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, Yeah, I... Uh, I, I have a tendency to agree with you. There are still good jump scares buried in the end, but once they kind of transition, there's sort of like two emotional halves to this movie. There's like the discover, like the enthusiastic excitement of the beginning where they're just trying to like figure out what the fuck is happening and come to terms with it. And then once they've like, once the reality has hit them, it's just like despair on the back end. And the despair yeah. part of the movie has good moments, but it's slower. The last broadcast was kind of similar, right? Where it's once shit hits the fan and you're not just doing these kind of creepy vignettes and everything's gone straight to hell. I don't don't know why I'm really watching anymore at that point. Like it's, and then I thought about, I thought about how could you have done this well? And I kind of think Baskin is the counter example. Like that's a movie that continues to escalate stuff at a similar pace, even after shit's already gone all the way to hell. I, I think third acts are very, very, very hard to do. Yes. Uh, and this one, I mean, technically they get to the end. So <laughs> They do kudos. it. There is a third act. You know what? That's a hell of a lot more than any of the three of us have ever written. So I'll give and it to I, them. I truly hate <laughs> the ending. I think the ending focusing just on the main guys. He's just getting fucked with and getting more whimpery sucks. Yeah. He, he got lobotomized. Yeah. I. I, I agree. I, I, I do agree. I, I think the ending would be better if you keep both of them alive, him and Sasha alive for that last scene and then have something happen to like one of them and then maybe Sasha escapes off or one I don't know, one of them has to escape off and then it's whatever. it's another problem that whichever interpretation of this I have, it I I guess it makes more sense if it's Jake's interpretation, right? Because if this is a real one and I'm showing you this for the first time. These five people or four people died in there and that's it. There was never, they didn't raise the building trying to figure out what happened. We're just going to make a creepy documentary about it. Yeah. Could you imagine, could you imagine the fucking police investigation (laughs) of like, okay, so we have five people who are missing, um, presumed dead. They were definitely in here. They have the permits to be in here. Well, somebody went back in look or? somebody went back in and picked up the tapes from their cameras so we found enough of their bodies to figure out where the cameras ended up at oh you have footage oh we can't we can't see the footage though <laughs> we're we're the we're the police we're the royal canadian mounted police <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna deny the mounties the ability to just watch this and figure out what the fuck happened <laughs> Excuse me. I like the idea of a mounty in full regalia on a horse yeah. watching the watching like this type footage on a little Fucking, security yeah. camera production Dudley, room. Dudley Do Right's watching this shit, <laughs> going like, "Oh no, is that your Canadian accent?" Oh no, <laughs> you just repeated it. He didn't even use an A. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> I don't function on those stereotypes, Jake, okay? Say, oh, no, A. Oh, no, eh? <laughs> gotta What's go to ratings. A, look, no, well, you have to, to blow the we fucking whistle to go to Nitpick st- Station. Now who's we're getting blo- off the We're rail. blowing by that whole segment this No, time. we aren't. We absolutely aren't. <laughs> I don't want to do it because I know that Jack has about 700 things to say. I'll keep them tight. Okay, oh, yeah. light, lightning Super round tight. Jack's nitpick. I want to talk about flashlights again. 
fucking 2011 is well into the era of LED flashlights, and I don't have to buy the shitty-ass five-pound incandescent needs two double-D batteries that my grandpa's had in his garage since 1981. Why is that the- Headlamp. 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 Also, any anything. They have an enormous handheld incandescent bulb flashlight, and it's so stupid. Oh, sorry. They're in Canada. They're called torches. Yeah, God, get it right. In fair, oh no! In fairness, Jack, I don't think that's true either, Jake. No, in they fairness, don't. Jack, I, I, some of I them did, do. I think I didn't have an actual LED like nice ass flashlight until like last year or so. Why? They're like six dollars. I don't know, Mark. Oh God, I had my old double D flashlight. That's all I needed. Mother, it, ha- it had like four lumens in it. Mark, no shit. I went over to my grandfather's house and I threw away that flashlight of his and replaced it with a nice one. And he dug his flashlight out of the garbage and put it back in his shelf. And I still can't get him to tell me why he did that. That's a nice flashlight, man, dude. It, one of these it, is one of these days, uh, Antique Hunters International or whatever the name of that show is going to come by and be like, the this Antiques Roadshow. Yeah, <laughs> Antiques Hunter International. You're just stuck on the Ghost Hunters thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> It's brutal. I have another nitpick now that we're here. Yes, sir. I had to come here. Episode six. So you're cutting this even under my fan theory. You still have to try to like cut it as a competent filmmaker. And there's no way that in episode six, you would give this much screen time to the assessment of and description behind what all of these different tools they use are like even yeah, in those shows true. because I did watch some of them they are not telling you ad nauseum what a Geiger counter does right they're or not the EVP going, machine they're not, yeah, they're wait, not hold talking on. about EV, EVP seventeen times could you could you just let the could could you just let the audience know what EVP stands for because I don't think they get it yet <laughs> they're watching the sixth episode of this uh, I think I know what they were so it's only a nitpick and not what it does wrong because it took up too much screen time was my issue with it. But the reason it's a nitpick and not what it does wrong, because I think the kernel of what they have there is actually right, because there would be that level of, like, discretion that those shows used to be like, for those of you who might be tuning in for the first time, this is what this is. But it took 10 seconds. It didn't take fucking five minutes. Right. I don't think it took five minutes in this one either. A it couple took, of them. Dude, it, they took so long. A couple of them even had that pre-programmed graphic, right? It would come on and be like, EVP means electronic voice phenomena. It's another way to do it. Yeah. This is, this is raw, though. This is raw. And they clearly had the After Effects uh, package that they could have used something from to, to make a little little uh, Chiron there. This is raw, though, dude. They only cut this for time. <laughs> yeah, that's all they yeah, did. Yeah, this is the actual footage. Uh, hey, here's a neat pick. They put the medicine bands, whatever you call them, hospital identification wristbands, yeah. on their left wrists. That's neat. <laughs> neat. That's a, hey, left-handed people, Mark, are unfairly maligned, and we're always told we have to get the those stupid wristbands put on our right wrist where you would wear your watch if you're left-handed, and it fucks it all up and ruins your day, and they won't ever let you put it on your left wrist. Is that right? Yes. Most yeah, most official things you have to put on your right wrist. Which hand do you get the IV in? I feel like you would just put it on the one that you didn't have the IV in. 
I don't, is there a, I feel like which hand you have the IV in is dependent on the room you're in and the, the, the orientation of the hospital bed to the wall, wherever best you could fit the IV bag holder. Well, and also probably like which hand has the better veins in it, but. Yeah, but all of them have the the band on their left wrist. I'm I'm guessing because the director or production assistant or whatever uh, prop designer was left-handed. Somebody was thinking about that. <laughs> you think that's why? next time? Yeah. Next time I'm in the hospital, I'm gonna ask that they put my patient thing around my neck and I'm gonna wear it like a choker. Jack, I will say so. I'm with you. I'm with you as a fellow left-handed person. But I'm a fe- I'm a left-handed stick person who doesn't wear watches. So typically, like if I'm having shit done, I'll have them do it on the right side. Yeah. Well. I can't. I can't help day class A left-handed people. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would like I, to revisit the one neat pick I had here, since we're on a train of neat picks. Oh boy. Uh, Javier Ortega, scene stealer. God, it's a good <laughs> scene. I we said we said it already, but I had to bring it back up. It's it's the best fucking scene. I saw a ghost over there. It was very <laughs> scary. Stares it's, off into the distance. It is fan fucking tastic. <laughs> um, I think. One of my first nitpicks with this movie is, and in a way this is augmented immensely by Jake's fan theory, um, when they first enter the, th- uh, enter the uh, hospital, they see Death Awaits, right? And they make fun of it, that it's so like shitty and campy written on the, on the front there. And they're like, oh, okay, I guess get a shot of it and play it in slow-mo with some soundtrack underneath it, whatever. And everybody makes fun of it. And then they walk upstairs into the room that has the the writing on the wall, and they zoom in on the writing, and it says all this stupid bullshit like demons in my mind or whatever. And it's very clearly like the prop department did both of those things. But as soon as you walk upstairs, they're like, they're they're engrossed. They're like, oh my God, now I believe it. This is crazy. (laughs) And when you combine that with what Jake's been laying down this whole episode, that's exactly what we're doing too, man. We're like, oh, that's super cheesy at the beginning. And then as soon as stuff starts happening, we're like, Oh my God, this is real. Uh, the the <laughs> genius, genius. I'd like to. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring up just something unrelated to that in a different <laughs> Jack Jack doesn't like your. I don't your care Jack's for it. Just no. Not gonna respond. That's cool. No, I'm over I it. like I'm it, over Mark. It. It's, it substantiates my claim, so I like it. <laughs> the camera operator cleans his lens four different times in this movie. And to do it, uses a material that, like, crinkles. Like, it's fucking newspaper that he (laughs) rubs down the camera lens with. Get a microfiber cloth. Get your fucking shirt. Why are you using printer paper to clean the lens of your camera? Do not use your shirt. Hold up. Do not use your shirt. Use it before you use decision. Use it before you use computer paper. He could be using a Kim wipe. I've seen people do that before. I don't think... Do those crinkle like paper? They're crinkly, yeah. Okay. Maybe. There's a there. I mean, I hear you. It is kind of weird, but like, there is a possible lens wipe that could do that. Uh, okay, and he's brought a pack with them, a pack of them with him into the hospital for the night. The MythBusters would determine this would be plausible. <laughs> I doubt they would. They'd go through frame by frame and see like that is an eight by eleven, eight and a half by eleven piece of computer Jack, paper that Jack, he's crumpled up. Pl- Jack plausible. <laughs> Hey, maybe don't schedule a 9 a.m. audition for the day before the day after you're spending all night in a fucking abandoned mental hospital. Bad yeah. timing. But you know, it was the only time they could get it to work. Yeah, we I mean, also like you're not going to be. You should probably just be accommodating and like do it. They, no, no, no. You should yeah. focus on. They've clearly had a season of this show purchased by a network. Don't sacrifice the quality of that show to uh, Jack, go for some fucking, maybe. Did you see the guy? Did you see the guy? Yeah, Jack, piece of shit. 
I wouldn't be that secure. He's a hustler, you know? He's constantly yeah. doing stuff. They're probably trying to get get up, uh, you know. Well, Mark, how'd it work out for him being a hustler? He's shaking hands and kissing babies, and then he got lobotomized. Tale as old as time. I mean, what you've said is distressingly accurate. (laughs) 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 Yep. I had a few other very minor nitpicks, including when they're running away and everything is going as poorly as possible. They seem way too excited to find an elevator. (laughs) Don't get in that elevator. Yeah. Well, the elevator is not a place that I would be excited to. Oh, an elevator. I'm getting out of here. No. No, 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 no. The stairs went to a walled off nothingness, but the elevator, that's safety. Yeah, exactly. This is going to take us to freedom. We made it, guys. It's like what? It's like when they're the first time they think shit's actually wrong and they go and hide in the closet. Like, you think you're being attacked by supernatural ghosts and you're hiding in a closet loudly. What the fuck do you think is going to happen in there? With all your electronics on still. Yeah, uh, very stupid. And yeah. telling each other to shh. He's saying at full volume. He's not lowering his voice at all. He's saying, hey, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> the ghosts can hear us. Hey, guys, <laughs> shut up. God. Oh, no. Okay, now it's time to go to ratings on that. <laughs> we overdated the horror. Use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think about Ultron. Would write the number of strings on him. There are no strings on me. And for ten, think about Griffin. Would write how much he wants to talk about bird lube. I, I want to talk about bird lube now. Stories first guy to rate these movies. Mark, your pick, your story rating. Yeah, so I went with a six here, uh, okay. barely above average. I think the strength of the story is in the leverage that it has using the archetypal characters and like basically as a parody like that's the part of this uh that's the part of this movie that is good on the story front everything beyond that it's kind of just a generic ghost hunters show fair enough i went with a seven actually i think it needs deserves a lot of credit for the parody that it does which is i think spot on and it really nails it and then it also does really interesting stuff from a writing perspective with the whole fucking with the metaphysics aspect of the the hospital and I think that's all really interesting and belongs in the writing, in the story writing. Jake? I agree with what both of you guys said. I also, including my like fan theory here in this being totally manufactured, I still only ended up with a six and a half. But, I mean, look at all of us. Look at us, huh? Look at us. <laughs> hey, look at us, Who'd boys. Who would have thought? <laughs> thought? That's going to take us into world building and immersion, which is our second category. Mark, what is your world building and immersion score? Uh, this is where I went a little bit higher. I gave it an eight. This movie is tailor-made to tickle my immersion bone. Like, this is exactly what I want out of a movie that will pull me in. Found footage, ghost hunters in a haunted asylum. That is, that's like, that's my jam. And then beyond that, the build, the world that they're able to build, ostensibly from shooting just straight up in this hospital and using that sense of place really well and maintaining that, even though they're very clearly manipulating like space time is a pretty impressive feat. So I went high eight. I give it a four for world building and immersion. Yeah. Okay. I, I kind of like the world that they build in terms (laughs) of messing with the, your sense of place in the hospital. I think that is, that is an interesting world that they build, but I don't like, 
the overall like effects they use on the hospital, the props they use in this abandoned hospital. Parts of it don't look abandoned at all. It's just like, we'll put a wheelchair in the middle of the room. That'll make it look like nobody's been in here in 20 years. Uh, so I, I don't even fully agree with all of the world building. And then this movie is at its best when it's doing the parody parts of it. And when it's not doing the parody parts of it, these characters are unbelievable and use homophobic slurs. So I could not get engrossed in any of that. And it just was like hard for me to stay invested in from the beginning for those reasons. And then halfway through because it had already shown me everything it had to show me. So I didn't want to like, I didn't care to watch anymore. So I didn't find it immersive in the first half or the second half. It's a four Jake. I gave it a six. I think, and this is a six, like trying to take the first time viewer me into it compared to the second time viewer, because I think that, Unlike probably any other movie we've reviewed, I have come across something that I'm sticking to now. This whole thing that's developed with the fan theory. That <laughs> decreases it a bit, and I did account for that in my score. Uh, but still, I think this is a relatively immersive movie. Like What they do with the asylum and the turn that it takes is still pretty damn unique, so I think it's worth an above-average rating. Um, I get what you're saying with some of like what you just mentioned with the characters, Jack, but at the same time, like, I, I think that this movie compared to a lot of what we see out there is it's just, it's more immersive than the average one. All right. Let's get into scare factor. Mark, what is your scare factor score? I went with a seven. This one, uh, gets under my skin. Like we said earlier, it has, it has a lot going for it. It's jump scares are good. And beyond that, it also pulls a lot of stuff that you don't see very frequently in these movies, such as that space and time manipulation. It does it does the Kansas City shuffle. It redirects to, like, you're expecting one thing to happen and another thing happens. And it maintains that in a way that stays fresh throughout its entire 90-ish minute runtime. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with you, Mark. I gave it a six, uh, primarily for two individual scenes, which I think are all-timers. One is that EVP scene where they fuck with their hair. That's so good and such a brilliant use of like what they've shown you as the audience and what they know you're expecting, and then they do a different thing. It's fucking fantastic. And then also, it is just a jump scare, but that girl they find in the corner of the room whose face goes all wonky is an all-time great jump scare. That's an all-timer. Uh, this movie is scary, and... Even though it doesn't like maintain that level of scariness throughout it consistently, the peaks of this movie are some of the scariest I think you're going to see. Uh, Jake, you surprised me. I, th- I thought you were going to go lower there. Um, I agree with the, the hair jump scare, not so much with the girl. Maybe it's because I'd seen, I don't know if it was used in a trailer or if it was just used in things that I had seen in like little horror montages out there. But even the first time I'd seen this movie, uh, I knew exactly what was coming which dampens the impact for sure. That being said, I gave this the Andy Dalton. I went a five and a half. I think that this is a bone chilling conceptually. If you believe that it's real and if you don't. Okay. uh, Okay. So if you accept your fan theory, Jake, that it's all a meta commentary on them making a movie, faking their own deaths with it. It is. Yes. I, it's less yes. scary. Yes. And uh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yes. To me. Yeah. It all tracks. Shit. It's internally consistent. I hate it when that happens. <laughs> That's gonna take us into effects or judicious lack thereof. Mark. 
I gave it a seven and shut Ooh. up. <laughs> Here it uh, comes. <laughs> so the reason I went with a seven, I, I am ready and willing to recognize that the the there are visual effects in this movie that aren't great. And I mean, like the smoke hands, not good looking. They don't look good. But the thing that I do appreciate about this is effects isn't always just about making something look real or look perfect. It's about augmenting the feel of the movie that you have. And that's the weird synergy that this movie has. The special effects they use match the timbre of the movie damn near perfectly. And this works in both actual movie and weird Jake's version of the movie as well, where they they both just kind of hit you exactly with the sense that they want you to have. They don't want this to be a hyper-realistic thing. If they wanted to be hyper-realistic, they would have shot not in night vision film grain mode. Right? Mark, this is this is such a such a hard thing to argue with that you've just said. You're like you're like a car guy talking about an Alfa Romeo. I'm not gonna talk to you about why the engine's better or why the braking's better or the acceleration. I'm just gonna talk to you about why it's it's got so much love and passion and heart in the construction of it and driving it. You just feel alive. Fuck you. Jack Jack, what can I do to get you to buy this Miata today? <laughs> Okay, well, Miata, not you an Alfa Romeo, it, but you just, sure. You, you took it, Jack made it make sense, and then you fucked it up. <laughs> That's what I usually do. That's the role I play here. <laughs> it's a lot of reasons, objectively, to not buy Mazdas. Um, either way, uh, I gave it a four for effects or judicious lack thereof. Mark, I don't understand what you're saying about how it being <laughs> shitty elevates the feel of it, especially when you don't think it's a shitty movie. I don't uh, think it's <laughs> shitty. I think it has a zhuzh. I think it's shitty. Uh, I think it looks bad. I think that the digital artifacting looks bad and repeats the same pattern. And they use it so fucking much that it's an unforgivable sin for me. Like, if you don't use it so many times that I can recognize the pattern of white boxes that are going to flow across the screen, that's one thing. But they do it well enough times for me to recognize the pattern of white boxes that are about to appear across my screen. Listener, it's twice. They do it twice. They absolutely do not do it's it twice. twice. It is two, two times. Mark, that is so, so stupid. They do it so many times, and it's objectively to hide the fact that they can't even handle the motion blur on the camera in the scenes. So what you're saying is this judicious lack thereof? No. It isn't because they want to use the effects and they don't know how to, so they just cover it up with a terrible After Effects like clip that they use over and over, and it looks bad. And then the scenes that you do actually see, like the hands, like even though I think it's a great jump scare, the girl with her face looks terrible, and the guy in the corner, I think well, him being in the corner looks okay. What they do to his face and what they do to the tongue on the ground looks terrible from an effects perspective. It's a four for me, Jake. See, this is what I think is funny. You think that the girl is an all-time showstopper thing, but that is so heavily reliant on special effects. But you don't. You're not really. You're not wedding. I can willing to recognize. I can be impressed with how they set up the jump scare and how it hits you and be objectively cognizant of the fact that it looks terrible when you look at it and aren't scared being wrapped up in the 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 experience of watching the film 
So this the effects directly create one of the all-time jump scares. No, I don't think the effects do. I think the cinematography does. That's what the up jump scare it, is: is her turning around and her face melting. They could have done almost anything to her face at that point, and it would have been scary. I, I it's not, it's not then the effect. Then, it's not then the what effect you're that makes one of the it all-time scary. jump scares is someone turning around. It's the camera work they do and the tone setting they do leading up to that that I think, and where you are off-centered as a viewer when that happens, that makes that scary. Not the face terribly melting downwards in a black puddle of pixels it's bad but mm. still a good jump scare jake wow i'm hi i'm still here yeah are that you the whole thing welcome back what did you barely wait, remind me what you gave it jack a four okay i gave it a five boo i think it looks marginally better and i you didn't really comment on sound i don't remember much in terms of sound it's fine uh, <laughs> i think it looks marginally better than what jack is selling it as i i mentioned it earlier like yeah the the way the ghosts look in this movie isn't good but it has a charm to it now you're it's talking about like, alfa romeo's it's it, no i agree with mark more on this one i it doesn't look good but it has a charm and that's like it's still a little bit below average but it's not like in the fucking doldrums this is the thing that like whenever you go and you look at some stupid youtube video now that has like a jump scare in it this kind of feels like that style of thing, and now like you see a ton of it. It's like the 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 alpha of that style of jump scare. Like it's it's noticeable. It's it's something that I think everyone has seen. I'm surprised if you haven't seen that jump scare. I don't know how at this point. Like it's ubiquitous. All right, it's gonna. And this movie's not. In the movie's not. I don't even know where I'd seen it. Even going in, like I said, it'd been spoiled, but I'd seen that jump scare. There's something to be said about that. I mean, that that is inherent. I agree with Mark. It's inherently tied to the effects on it. I don't think they look great, but it's. Is effective. it from the taking of Deborah Logan? We've watched another movie that uses the exact same effect on the face towards the end of the movie, and it's in the GIF that we'd all seen before we'd all seen the movie. Oh, the, dude, you that are. Looks, the, you're looks thinking of the taking this. of Deborah Logan, but it's not even remotely the same effects. <laughs> like not at all. Not at zero percent, but the GIF, it, the GIF. Now you got me saying it. The GIF is from <laughs> saying the it correctly. Logan. Okay. No, saying it incorrectly. <laughs> that is incorrectly. Let's move on to overall, Mark. Fuck. I give this a seven and a half. I love this movie. It has a big place in my heart. I think it's an incredibly fun and entertaining watch. It has its issues, uh, but I mean, honestly, it's I, there's there's no time where I wouldn't want to turn this on. I think the only thing holding it back is that it's a little bit too slapstick's not the right word, but it doesn't really take itself seriously. So I don't know if I'm really fully able to take it all the way seriously either. Yeah. I give it a, I give it a six. It's uh, it's tough. I don't, I don't know if I objectively enjoyed it at a six, but it does deserve that. It's a unique movie that does interesting things. Even if it's not like great to just sit all the way through, um, It'll it'll make you angry at parts, but it's a it's a it's a good well, movie, and they do all the really time. interesting stuff that it deserves credit for. Jake, yeah, six. I gave it a six too. I agree with what you just said, Jack. We got there in different ways, but we got there. Yeah, we did. Mark, yeah, I have a quick did. question for you though. Yeah, mm -hmm. you have to pick a found footage movie to watch, right? Or what? What do you like more? What do you like more, this or Wreck? Pick this. one. Just oh, like this one? it's wrong. Now, okay. I, uh, this or Borderlands? This? Okay. Borderlands or Wreck? Um, That's just for fun now. 
Probably Borderlands, just because I like ghosts more than Jesus. zombies. Jesus. <laughs> Dude, Wreck is so much better. Oh, my God. His okay, brain fine. is so Whatever. You, you didn't ask me about quarantine, which is a weird weird move on your part. I'm not it's fucking so much going. I am not taking that goddamn bait, Mark. I'm not doing it. Fuck I believe, you. I, Jake, I think you'll find you just did take that bait. And no, I'm not got... taking the bait. I'm not taking it. Mark, well done, sir. Uh, let's do a quick thumbs up, thumbs down. It's a clear thumbs up from Mark. I don't think yes, we even sir. need to belabor that point. I think it is a thumbs up from me. I think this movie is worth watching both in terms of your actual experience and in terms of it being a really interesting kind of stepping stone in the horror world of using Blair Witch Project stuff, but in a unique way, and then having stuff use it um, in more interesting to less interesting ways. Jake. Thumbs up. Easy thumbs up. I think yeah. this is totally worth watching. Absolutely. Yeah. Now let's say we get the fuck out of here. Yep. This has been episode 189 of the A to Z Whorecast. To check out everything we have going on, head on over to A to Z Whore.com or come hang out with us on any of our social media channels. Those are Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. All those links are down there in the description below. You forgot Amino. As Jack- what? You forgot the Horror Amino app. <laughs> I'm glad you interrupted him to throw that in there. I don't even... That sort of stride breaking. Like, my brain just broke, dude. I I gotta go back and see what that shit's about. (laughs) Holy shit. Occasionally we're on... uh, Yeah, occasionally we're on Reddit too, I suppose. And maybe the Horamino app. Go and see what we posted in 20-fucking-14. Oh my god, what's happening as Jack mentioned at the top of the episode. If you're still here hanging out with us, you might want to consider becoming a Patreon member. For at least the next few months, we're going to be donating all Patreon proceeds to Feeding America. That's our way of making sure that that money goes to the place that it needs to go right now and still getting you the great perks and extra stuff that you would get with the Patreon membership. So check it out if you're considering it. It's a great time to do it. As always, the music has been coming at you from Super Bear. There are links down there in the description below as well. And next week, we're going back to one of Jack's picks, which both of which I'm not really feeling right now. But uh, whatever, that's the world we're living in. So let's just lean into it, why don't we? We're going to watch the original, The French Martyrs. Yay. Yeah. That'll be coming at you, I don't know when, maybe around a week from now-ish. Eh? It will. Until Jake, then. Uh, this is the one. Will Get it? back on track. Until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some horror movies. Have a great week, everybody. Incomprehensible, blubbering, blathering fucks.